Podcast. My name is Joel. And I'm Ben. And every week we discuss some of the latest video game news and games that have been keeping our attention span away from the important things of the world like diseases, survival, <laughs> survival, <laughs> and living indoors. You can find this podcast Wednesday mornings on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and thegamefanatics.com. Ben, what is our topic this week? Well, this week, I know it's a little early, but I thought we'd do something that's really... Uh, one of my favorite things to do every year, which is the E3 predictions episode. We've got five predictions for every major company at E3, Ooh. and it's gonna. It's wait, what? Uh, is there is there an issue? Um, well, a little bit. Oh no, <laughs> a little bit of an issue there. Okay, so my first prediction: there's not gonna be E3 this year. <gasps> you bastard! I know. My How fault. dare you predict that? My fault. Uh, so yeah, we we did find out this week. I forget what day. It feels like it's been seven weeks that we've been in March. So I don't know. Seven months ago. <laughs> so I was. I tend to tweet out about this where January was very long, February was a blink, and then now that we're in March, it's who knows. Seven more years of content. <laughs> yeah. These three months of March have been very long, and I feel like we've been hearing about. The possibility of E3 being canceled for yes. like years. <laughs> it's a long time. <laughs> yeah. But we were, I think even the last episode, we kind of speculated if this is going to happen, when would it happen? I think it was announced pretty early, but it has been canceled because of the coronavirus, much like everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything has been canceled yeah. pretty much. Our yeah. whole lives, our future. Our future. 2020 is so far a shit show and uh i mean this is just a continued notch on its belt of uh being a shit show and yeah i mean e3 is canceled um along with what what else was canceled earlier gdc south um, by southwest south by southwest uh, i mean it's it's crazy i mean it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that people are gross and <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of like a, like the way this disease kind of spreads is with people being close to each other and germs and respiratory and just people being gross and not washing their hands and breathing into each other and you know there's there's no grosser areas than a crowd of gamers <laughs> mm-hmm. being together and breathing on each other and touching controllers and touch screens and all sorts of stuff like that. So E3 was you know, it was kind of inevitable, but like I think the sure. ESA was probably holding out hope for like a quick ending to this disease, but you know, not as quick as everyone thought it was going to be. We'll so see. Here we are. Well, yeah, we'll see in the months ahead if if June rolls around and oh, everything's kind of okay, but it feels like this is kind of going to linger a little bit, uh, probably through through May. Who know? Who knows? Right. Yeah. Um, it's it's a weird time. So let's actually, we're not scientists, as I think we've discussed before. We're not doctors. Definitely not scientists. Uh, Definitely not. What does this, because there's a lot of weird stuff with uh, E3 being canceled, specifically with Jeff Keighley uh, about a month ago saying, oh, I, I'm, you know, I'm out. I'm not doing anything with this. And then uh, just last week we had, what's the name of that company? The 8-Bit um i am ape it yeah they pulled out of their contribution of the show i wonder if that's even in relation to 
coronavirus at all or if that's just we don't like this show and then now uh okay we're not gonna do it because no one likes it everyone's leaving us it's yeah this it's definitely odd that you know i mean I, it it could have been just in general maybe they were trying to keep their people their staff away from this because it, it seemed to kind of crop up around the same time but i don't know if if coronavirus was really as really growing as quickly around the time that like Jeff Keeley was dropping out sure. and, but I am eight bit maybe was that seemed to be a little bit closer to at the time when people were starting to pull out of like, I think like GDC and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like Sony had just pulled out and it seemed a little bit closer to that. So I don't know if maybe that had something to do with, with it of putting their staff in danger of possibly, you know, being exposed to that disease or sickness or virus or whatever but i don't know because it the the thing is it just seems really weird that it seems like jeff Keeley dropped out and because he just there's just something about e e3 and how it was being produced or whatever and the, or the direction it was taking that he just couldn't really agree with and it seems it, it's kind of seems like just the impression I'm getting from I am eight bit that it was maybe similar mm -hmm. in a sense, but who knows, well, like who knows the behind the scenes of that. Yeah. And there's kind of this conspiratorial angle of uh, these two major players leave E3 and they're kind of scrambling and it's, you're able to look at this disease and go, okay, yeah, we'll cancel this. Cause uh, we're kind of fucked. So yeah <laughs> it's probably smart we don't do this so yeah let's just not do it we had great plans yeah. and uh next year see y'all next year it, i think it's what like 20 25 years in a row they've done e3 so it's the first time they've not had a show uh it's a it's a big deal obviously this is the new console generation year and it's the transition year it was supposed to be where oh this is our new show and no it's not no show yeah so it remains to be seen kind of what it would be next year or and they're also planning some kind of digital something or other for that week if i recall correctly and, and obviously microsoft has come out and said uh, that they're going to have a digital event fine that all should be really yeah. they don't need the rent the whatever and put on a show they don't really need that yeah i i don't remember which conference it was um I'm trying to think i think it was maybe game awards where they did that digital like preview distribution thing where um you were able to try out games that were not released yet but you were able to download like a demo of it or something or like a preview on steam mm. for games that were like either previewed there at the conference or demoed or whatever um, that'd be a cool way to kind of make up for it for E3 kind of being canceled or maybe if they're doing it a digital way, like, Hey, this slice of what we were going to show is now available to demo on steam for, you know, three days or as sure. long as the show was going to run. Then it's like, boom, not available. Like things like that. I think they could kind of do for, cause I, I feel like they're maybe planning to head in that direction anyways, cause it seems like that's kind of the best way to handle you know gaming in general now being more of a worldwide online digital thing um so that'd be a good way to kind of 
combat this and try to get people to stay interested in E3 and, and come back next year. Because, I mean, the ESA needs to build interest in E3. It needs to keep people really wanting to come back to it next year because, I mean, it's kind of that that's kind of like their big moneymaker for them yeah. as far as keeping <laughs> keeping their their pockets filled to keep themselves around really so it, it is yeah uh i, I don't, don't think uh, like these demos i don't believe they should be released to the publish uh, public i like to imagine that the general gaming audience is aware enough that these demos aren't final and whatever but they are uh, they are of a quality sometimes that is a little rougher on the edges to where yeah. you, you wouldn't want that in people's hands. You'd be like, look how bad this is. I'm like, well, it's fucking the demo it. No. Uh, but maybe not all, maybe the ones that are like more, more like um, public hands on ready, like a little bit closer to release instead of like stuff and, that is very yeah. early on. And there definitely are those, but I think what is better is they should leverage the whole streaming platforms and say, Hey, you can play the demo for whatever it, but it's only on X cloud. Oh yeah. And that that's perfect. That's a closed system. They can say it's only for a week and it will only be there for a week because you have to access it to the thing. And then you get, it gets people trying X cloud and saying like, Oh, this actually is pretty cool. Um, and people are aware, Oh, it's is streaming. It's not going to be, I expect latency. I expect maybe some hitch, uh, uh, some problem with it. That's more forgiving. I think that's a smart way to do it and, and get people interested in streaming, especially after Stadia just kind of died in the room and no one wants to talk about streaming anymore. <laughs> it's oh, it died in the room. <laughs> they literally showed up to the party and just died in the corner and everyone's oh. like, Oh, Gary. <laughs> oh no. Gary. <laughs> Gary. Gary. <laughs> oh no. It's my go-to name for a dead body, I guess. I like it. <laughs> Gary. But that's pretty much what Stadia did. Uh, so it is kind of not great when you, when you Oh, I got XCloud. Like is it like Stadia, that shitty thing? No. No, 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 no. No, please no, don't. It's good. <laughs> and PlayStation doesn't even talk about PlayStation now, so we don't have to worry about them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they they're not they they're not sure what to do now. Like they're hoping maybe XCloud will like make it okay to talk about PlayStation now. I guess <laughs> because, so. Because because now it's kind of like well, Stadia came came out and died, so can't really talk about PlayStation now. <laughs> oh my god, Stadia! It's just <sighs> it's a it's a something. It's a something. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Story let's number two. Get to something. Story number two. What we got? Horizon Zero Dawn is officially coming to PC. We Woo. basically knew this already, but it's nice to see the confirmation. I think it's June um, or July. Was it? June? It doesn't matter. It's June. Let's just say June. Yeah. This is exciting. This is I can't wait to take the PC or the screenshot on my PC of the Master Chief Collection next to Horizon. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a cool thing. Uh, I'm shocked at, at kind of the backlash they got. Ugh. Which like, is, as as a Sony fanboy, like, I'm ashamed of those people. I don't... They embarrass me. I don't get it. Like I didn't even see it because I just don't... I don't follow those type of people. 
and I Me don't either. I don't go into those environments, but I just kept hearing about it. And I, but what the game is three years old. What are you what are you upset about? Yeah, I don't I don't understand why they're upset. Like, why wouldn't you want a company that made this great game to make more money by releasing their game somewhere else? I it's so weird. I mean, okay, so I I remember wasn't Resident Evil 4 came out I think in 2005 2004 2005 whatever I was 15 and I remember being upset as a big GameCube fan that before the game came out they announced it's coming to PS2 I remember being upset about that and not liking that now granted I was 15 and also they kind of fucked over the GameCube release by saying that it wasn't exclusive anymore and it was only going to come out eight months or so later. This is yeah. three years later, like three and a half years later. And it's not like they were saying it's eventually going to come to PC. It's not like Death Stranding where we always knew it was going to happen. This was a surprise, basically a 2020 surprise. It, it's so weird. Also, I'm not 15 anymore. Like, I don't care. Uh, that's the other yeah. Thing. It's just like. Like, this is, it's a good thing that Sony is not, I mean, and it's not that it was, I don't, I don't know if it was Sony's decision or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it probably wasn't, I, I don't know, 100% the deal that they had exclusivity wise. But, like, it's great to see Sony products and exclusive titles like that make it to PC and hopefully eventually to Xbox. This is good. We want these doors to open. We want to see them work together because it makes gaming better not just for for like other people but for like for us for people that like Sony to see other products like exclusives from Nintendo and Xbox make it over to PlayStation. I would love to play Cuphead on my PlayStation someday. Sure. I would love to play Ori on my PlayStation. Like these are things that we want to see happen. I don't get like gaming should not be exclusive in that way anymore like it it's crazy like and i get we'll probably never see mario on a playstation or an xbox but like there's other things that like second party or whatever that should be open to making that crossover yeah and i think especially three years later yeah why not put god of war on the PC? three fucking years yeah it's three, three years, years later like sure if you're willing to wait three years to play the game like but then by all means and then people will double dip and they'll make more money on it like it's only gonna serve you as a playstation fan more because sony's just gonna make more money and see more sales of the game you already love which contributes to more of the thing you love that you get early like i don't yeah it's baffling baffling are you all gonna... it does is solidify more of how great sony's exclusives are that's that is true that people are so <laughs> ravenous <laughs> will crazy. you play horizon on pc i i won't um mainly because like i've like this is one of the games i platinumed and i love like i was reminded the other day when the memory came up on my facebook like memories thing okay and it was a video of me fighting one of the T like T Rexes or whatever in when you first encounter it in the cave and it's like that tight space and you're like that whole battle sequence of me laying down the wire traps and like shooting them into the ground and knocking off pieces of it like it reminded me how fucking awesome that game was and how much I loved it and then the next memory was like this screenshot of the giant bird that you fight on the top of like that snowy mountain. 
it's just a silhouette of it in in like the sky that i one of the screenshots i took and i was like fuck i remember that game being so good and even though like i probably won't play that game maybe ever again to be honest with you Mm -hmm. i'll wait for the sequel it reminded me how much i loved that game and i'm happy for it to come out on pc i probably won't play it because there's just so many other games that i missed out on that i haven't played that i want to get to eventually sure i can see that yeah i do recommend like people need to play that game that's why i'm glad it's making it to pc for for people that have never played it like people need to play that game Mm -hmm. it's great I almost want to play it just to see how much better it runs on my PC, but that's a stupid reason to buy a game. I mean, I never had any issues playing it, but I'm also used to my games running 25 to fucking <laughs> 30 frames per second. Like, I, I guess I've never really been, like, one to it, notice no, that it, as much. It ran well. Don't get me it wrong. It ran well, yeah, yeah. It could always run better. <laughs> it could run better. It could look better. I, I want true 4K uh, in horizon that'd be awesome yeah we'll see depends on how much it is when it comes out i'm honestly more interested in death stranding on pc even though i platinumed it already i kind of want to play it again <laughs> oh geez that's hey. one i still need to play Ah, oh, that game's good you should just get it on pc mm, no i don't know we'll see we'll see someday 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 someday, someday. oh yeah so that that's exciting news i guess yeah it definitely sets a precedent that i hope means Hey, why don't you swing that Bloodborne over? Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, just do that. I'd just love do it, to see people. That. They already forgot. They they already forgot it exists. I know. <laughs> Blue Point's next game is anything but Souls, and I'd be very upset. Right. Well, something that isn't upsetting. We got the Reginator going to the GameStop board of directors. I believe it is. Very unexpected. Yes, I expected him to never work again. In gaming, at least. Yeah. Yeah, Reggie. Was it Philzame? Fizame? Fizame. Mr. Former Mr. Nintendo joins. (laughs) That's like former Miss America. (laughs) I know, right? Um, Yeah, he's uh, no longer. What is it? What, What did he say originally? Uh, taking names and kicking ass or something. He's taking, yeah, he's taking ass. No, wait, that's not it. He's taking. <laughs> and I'm about playing games. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Something, Anyways. Yeah, something like that. So I think this is great for GameStop. Um, hopefully. Poor timing. Poor timing, however, because uh, the world's going to be rough with, with the market just diving ever towards hell. <laughs> especially for a business that was already diving straight down but at least everyone's suffering it's not just them oh man i mean i guess i guess he has some pretty good insight on what they could do to maybe turn it around but uh i don't know i don't know if there's gonna be much there to save i mean as a person who loves gamestop stores Mm. and loves just gamestop in general like i don't want to see that place go down i think that in the right place, that type of environment, that type of game store can thrive. And I'm going to say mostly like rural environments and low income environments. That place is great because, you know, in a, it, even if they an- added like a rental ability, like where you could rent a game, take it back and maybe buy it at a discount. Because that's something we used to have at a game store that I worked at. Uh-huh. People ate that up and that the store I worked at made 
was like the only game store from that company that I worked at that made a profit because we had the ability to rent games and then people would come in and buy them or they would rent out a different game. Right. Like I, there's a, there's a way for them to make money. There was uh, I don't, I might've been GameStop that was running like a temporary for the summer. They thing. tried it. Yeah. They tried, yeah, they doing tried something it. like that. I do think that's a really good, that's what I'm doing with Gamefly. That's why I love Gamefly. Yeah. Same fucking thing. It, it works. It works. It's just like the biggest thing is, um, you know, in certain areas, it's going to work. If you're, I, I don't know how well it works in metropolitan areas. I don't know how it works in high income areas because a lot of those people are just going to buy or rent digitally. I don't know. I think there's always kids and teens and the dude, seriously, rich people are the cheapest motherfuckers I've ever met. So Until they say rich. Yeah, that exactly. And I, I'm in Scottsdale. They're everywhere and they're still going to do this dumb bullshit. So yeah, it, it, it works everywhere, I think. Uh, yeah. Maybe to varying degrees. The, the largest problem, I think we brought this up before with GameStop, was they opened up like 7 million stores, and there's no reason for there to be that many stores. Yeah, I think the problem is they bought out so many other competitors, but they just never... All they did was turn those stores into GameStop. It's like, what are you going to do when you have a GameStop across the street from a GameStop? Or oh, you have God, yeah. a GameStop upstairs, you bought the other game store that was downstairs, and then left it as a GameStop and didn't do anything. No. And that, that I mean, that's that's every, like, big shopping mall is there's two GameStops in there. Um, and you would run into that, like, if you're at the upstairs GameStop, and they're like, oh, no, we don't have anything here, but uh, check the GameStops downstairs. It's like, okay, fucking weird. I know, that's so just... I don't understand that. I would rather <laughs> they make a bigger store. It seems like they just, like, you you have to imagine, um, hypothetically, I, I don't think this is how Walmart happened, but hypothetically, you would start your store. You would start your Walmart, and it's like this tiny place, and then eventually it grows, right? And it, the store gets bigger and bigger to where it's not GameStop size. It's double GameStop, and then it's four times the size, and then it's, oh, now it's a super center. You know, it keeps getting bigger where GameStop just instead of making bigger stores that were this like hub of awesome gaming goodness they decided to pepper and dot the landscape with small shitty stores yeah and it's just the, like the exact opposite decision that I, I think that's going to end up killing them is is that decision instead of making um over here we have what is oh shit was it called bookman's which is kind of um like an entertainment geared pawn shop in a way where yeah. they just have books and they have old video games and it's this big building, this big store. They have a couple of them over here and that's what GameStop could have been. Like it could have been a Barnes and Noble for video games, but they just wanted to make tiny walk-in closets that shell like sell you t-shirts. It's, it's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's hard as like a company to really wait out the trend of, you know, like it's really, you know, it's convenient to buy digital. And this is happening with books right now, like where people oh, yeah. were obsessed yeah. with buying ebooks, but now it's now cool to buy regular books and hardcover books. And so now people are going back to bookstores, but they're buying them at a cheap rate. So now all of a sudden they're just buying up books and books and books. And I've, I see this happen on a daily basis with like people I work with, like they love books and suddenly everyone's back into books. So they're going to bookstores and buying them. So now bookstores are like in a way kind of thriving, but they're all like small mom and pop shops, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of weird to see. And it's kind of like, well, 
as like me as as a dad like i want to have all these old consoles again like i want to pick these things up i want to buy like all the old pokemon games and have those on hand i want to buy some like older you know i I never had a gamecube i want to have a gamecube i want to buy some of the older gamecube games like there's plenty of things i want to go back and pick up and i'm not going to have anywhere to do that (laughs) other than like people's garage sales or like online somewhere way overpriced or i go to ebay and i hope that i'm getting what i'm buying yeah yeah it's so reggie if you're listening reggie reggie please come on come on reggie save us because i love games they get a lot of shit but you know games are great think think of all the people stuck stuck in their homes not wanting to go out and touch other people and be around other people games are are connecting us right right (laughs) games are games are connecting us all over the world and without them you'd have to talk to other people in your house this is the most death stranding conversation we've ever had i know right <laughs> like literally we're, half the plot we're uh, being connected by by games i was describing great. uh death stranding to someone at work she's going on uh, she's oh, going on vacation no. next week oh, and no. uh, and it's like a staycation ironically when everything's dying um and she's like, what What game should... She's like looking for a game to play. And me and this other guy started talking to her about Death Stranding. Oh, like, Jesus. What type of game is it? And I'm like, it's a Strand game. <laughs> she's like, I hate you guys. Uh, we're just trying to that describe sounds, this game to her. That sounds like either a game about knitting or a game about like pulling hair. I, I think she's going to end up playing Persona 5 again. So that's fine. Oh, yeah. Okay, well that's a good game. I yeah, it was on. Oh no, we might have convinced her to play Nier Automata actually. Oh yeah, that's a good game too. Yeah. Oh, I think about that game a lot. You did finish the that whole thing, right? Um, dude, I'll get back to it eventually. Oh, I got too many things to do, and now we're getting to release time. It's I can't. Ugh. I can't. There's a lot. There's a lot going on, and I'll explain it as we go. Shall we move on? Reggie's at GameStop. Hopefully he wears some sort of spandex suit where he's a superhero wearing a GameStop symbol and he saves us all. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Why not? All right. I'm going to This is where I'm going to put the music for the games we're playing cuz we're moving on. Speaking of superheroes, Ori is kind of a superhero, I guess. Ori and the will of the wisps which is hard for me to say which is hard for me to say which is why i avoided saying it all right so before <laughs> before we move on yeah. and start talking about our impressions where are you in the game oh boy well uh, okay so the game came out tuesday night like at 9 p.m yeah and i happen to be be up because that's not that's not that late even for me i played a little bit of it then and then i i'm off wednesday and thursday so oh, I played a lot of it Wednesday and Thursday shit out of it, huh? to the okay, point of where right. I stopped. I actively oh. stopped playing the game because I did not want to finish it in like three, four days. What the? F- Why would you not want to finish it? Because it's this. so good. I wanted to keep having more of it to do. There's plenty of stuff to do in it. I played about eight hours. Okay. So uh, you're definitely way ahead of me. I'm 60 something percent. Oh, the, Jesus. But that's counting collectibles and stuff That's like that, collectibles right? and stuff, yeah. And I've been and going map back exploration. and trying to find okay. them and whatever. Okay. So I'll tell you where I'm at because you're going to know right away. Sure. I just made it to the Silent Woods. 
I don't know what that means. Oh, motherfucker. Okay. So I just, <laughs> so it's after you get the water mill going again and you get the clean water. Oh, okay. So you're going to the east. So I'm going to the east. So the first spot you get to is like the silent woods. Got it. Got it. Got it. It's the dark. Yeah. It's dark. Very, it's very dark, which I, I hate when it suddenly gets dark, but that's fine. Okay. I know exactly where you are. I think I don't yeah. know the names of places, but I, I know where you are. Okay. You have so, a lot yeah, of the game so, left. Yes. <laughs> so I do have a lot of the game left and a lot of it is cause, um, I just didn't have that much time to play during the week, which I normally don't. Um, but yeah, so I'm there. I did get through a good chunk of it, maybe like Thursday night. I kind of stayed up a little bit extra late and played it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyways, what overall, so now you played the original Ori and the Blind Forest, right? Yeah, so, years ago. Okay, and uh, so compared to that and comparing this now, what are your thoughts overall on um, the differences? Well... They changed a fair amount of things, and all it's of more them, combat heavy. It seems like yeah, all of them for the better. This this adds an actual combat system. Um, I from what I remember, either uh, the first game didn't have active combat, or it was so forgettable. I don't remember doing it at all. So the fact that now this is a more of a combat focused game, or at least it is functionally uh, more interesting. It feels to me a lot like Hollow Knight. Um, yeah, that's I was that was my comparison to it because yeah. I didn't I didn't play much of Blind Blind Forest, but like from what I did get from it, it seemed a lot more like a platformer than it did um, combat. Yeah, and this definitely feels a lot more like uh, Hollow Knight. This definitely has more combat uh, in the first couple hours as well. I feel like the further I get into the game, the more it's exploration platformy and and then oh here's a boss fight or or whatever it's kind of less and less combat but that being said i do really like the combat quite a bit it is i love it a lot of fun the bosses which i feel like i haven't even fought that many bosses but they've all been really cool visually just stunning and we should just before we even get any further mention probably one of the most beautiful games ever made the music is tremendous. It, it so much of this game, I I feel like it's just ten out of ten. Incredible. It, it's really it, it's crazy impressive that this is an indie. I mean, do they count as indie since they're owned by Microsoft now? Eh, whatever. It's yeah, a, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's an indie-ish team delivering a game that I would say is on par with uh, a Nintendo game. It, it, yeah you know see what i'm saying yeah uh, oh but but for more differences i i only played so there was ori the blind force and then there was a definitive edition of that mm-hmm. which kind of refined um a lot of the rough edges and things with the first game i never played that so i don't know what was refined however this game is a lot easier and i i think for the better it's just a lot easier to understand how it wants you to jump and, and dodge through things. It's not as a, a lot of the stuff in the first game was very tough. Like do 10 perfect jumps in a row, dodging this thing, dodging that thing, go, 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 go. And, and it was, it was awesome, but it could be very frustrating. And it does seem like they have 
evened that out to where for the most part it's been such a silky smooth fun joy the game is pure joy to run around and explore and use your abilities and you keep unlocking new abilities and they make movement and momentum with Ori feel so fun it's just fun to run and jump around and I was like, oh, I get a wall jump? Cool. I love wall jumping. Oh, I love dashing in the air. Oh, I love that. Like, it's, it's just fun. It is just pure fun. It feels so good. It's this intangible kind of game feel thing that they have nailed. Um, there are some areas where I'm like, okay, guys, this is a little... No, this doesn't fit. But for the most part, it's it's done i think expertly this is one of the best games certainly one of the best games on the xbox that's easy to say um, but i think one of the better games of the generation overall uh, i would for sure t- say top 50 of the generation it okay it's nice it's just fun it's just like pure fun to do i love platformers and i love the hollow knight kind of metroidvania shit so it's totally up my alley and I think this is when you look at this um, generation and you, uh, like SteamWorld Dig 2 or Guacamelee 2 or, or whatever, all the Hollow Knight, even all of these other games, I think it's better than so many of those Metroidvania games. I don't think it's better than Hollow Knight, but I think it's a little different. And I think it's damn close overall. Just the moments of it. like the story moments it has story moments that are impactful and that are beautiful and they're not it's it's pretty sad too it's like it seems like a very sad story and it's that's kind of that's kind of like what drew me in right away and like what makes me want to keep going is like i need to reconnect this family Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's so sad and that that's impressive for a game that has so little dialogue and is little sprite animal people. Like it's not, yeah, yeah. It's not it, this God of War acted cutscene thing. Yeah, its environments really kind of tell you the story and give you the emotion that it's trying to like invoke with like the colors of mm-hmm. the environments that you're in and the actions that your characters are taking and all like the people, like all the characters that you meet throughout that like are in your hub area and things like that, as you kind of progress through the story or like, like have little comedic like dialogue here and there, or they like say certain things. Um, I'm definitely enjoying my time with it. I, I'm progressing through it. Like I'm not having a super hard time with it. I definitely think Hollow Knight is a step up in difficulty, like by far. Oh, for sure. But I I'm okay with that because I don't want to struggle in this game. I want to continue to play because I'm enjoying the platforming yeah. just as much as I'm enjoying the combat. And I love the exploration part of it. And there's definitely parts of it where I was like, how the hell am I going to get over there? And then once you figure out that there's a lot of places you got to revisit, then like that almost makes me more excited to kind of go back through a lot of those areas and I'm getting back through them with ease because now I have better ways to kind of maneuver through them and the mobility's a lot quicker and easier. And, you know, I know I got to get that triple jump. So I'm like saving up for it so I can get that triple jump. Like there's just a lot of great, like excitement when I'm playing it because I'm constantly finding new things mm-hmm. and exploring new areas. The only thing I don't really like are like the challenges 
because I don't like time trials at all. And those I'm are tough. Like, they're tough, and I'm constantly missing jumps or like, oh shit, I forgot which way I'm supposed to go right here. So I don't do those just so to avoid those, the frustration. Uh, those distinctly remind me of Ori One. <laughs> That's yeah, how oh, certain things were in that game. Uh, and actually, speaking to kind of differences, and this is based on my foggy memory of years ago when I played this game, but there were more of those escape sequences and it's kind of what Ori made a name for itself. There's this dungeon in Ori one where like the water is filling it up and you're running away from the water. And that is just unbelievably impressive in how it's pulled off. It's, it's amazing. And I feel like they don't really shoot for the sky with this game in that regard. They just kind of go, okay, here's a couple run away from that thing. I don't think you've really gotten to them yet. Um, there's been a couple like runaway sequences but like they haven't been that bad there was one that was pretty good like i think it's after maybe the mill yeah and that part was really that part was actually really fun and once you kind of get the hang of um basically springing off like the little lamps that part is really cool that really opens up like the mobility portion of it Mm -hmm. they but but that's i think an area where they they under deliver compared to the first game because the ones in the first game were just like wow that's it just pure wow i can't yeah. believe you did this to such a level and that it was pulled off that well <laughs> and in this game it's like oh, okay the frog thing okay i was gonna say something more but i'll just say frog um <laughs> that's happening all right it's cool. I see what you, Oh yeah. I remember these, but it doesn't, it doesn't get to the level that, and that granted the last third of the game that I have left could, um, could do that. But these are like, this is a must play game. This is up there with any, we mentioned the Sony exclusives being amazing or whatever. Like you owe it to yourself to play this game. Full stop. This is not like, Oh, maybe no, this is one of the best games of the year. Don't fuck around. Play this game. Yeah. I I really like it. I'm I'm gonna push to try to see it to the end. I mean it's definitely like uh Metroidvanias definitely aren't like on my top of the list of like favorite genres. Mm-hmm. They're definitely growing on me as like I play more and more of them. Um but I think Ori just makes it enjoyable because of the story and the characters in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been having a really good time and I, I definitely do really like it. And obviously I haven't, there hasn't been that many games this year, but it's sure. already like, it's already at like the top of my list. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely a lot to go this year, but like, <laughs> but it's just, so, it's so good. And it's, it's one of the like most beautiful games I've ever seen. The art is incredible in this game. Oh, like yeah. I'm, I am constantly wowed when I'm playing it. Like I'm, I'll be playing. I'm just like, fuck this is just a pretty game just sit there and look at it yeah like i will i will sometimes i'll just be like sitting there like while i'm like reading twitter or something like that i'm staring at the screen going fuck this is like amazing yeah and it's just every every screen with the music the music is incredible yeah it's just like it's ah, it's beautiful beautiful game i do think you brought this up it has that carrot on the end of the stick where it's just close enough like oh i'll get that collectible oh i'll get this thing oh let me do that and let me do this and let me do that and it's just like an hour goes by of pure joy 
Yeah, I really like how it shows everything you have collectible wise on that tree oh, screen. Oh yeah, that's awesome. I and I've seen kind of what it looks like when it's full on Twitter, just like looking at that, and I'm like, oof, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do that. But I love that it shows. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't think I have the patience for it. But um, I'm definitely enjoying the game. I, I think it's, I think it's really good. I, I really think people need to try it. What you know, if you have Game Pass or you have an Xbox and you don't have Game Pass, I don't know what you're doing with your life, mm-hmm. but you're not gonna be going outside anytime soon. So right. get that fucking game and play it. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. amazing. It's really good. Good. All right. Well, that that does it for Ori and Will of the Wisps. 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 It's the last time we'll ever talk about it. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably I'll probably just come on next week to be like, I beat it. Okay, bye. I beat it. I'll come back to talk about it and say, I hate it. I'll never play it again. It now. Couldn't like, beat this boss. 100% of it. Whoop, 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 whoop. That's my goal. There we go. All right, Ben. Well, I have two more games to talk about. Um, so I will get one of mine out of the way. And it's a new game, so I will talk about it real quick. Ooh. It's an exciting game. And it was kind of a shadow drop game That's last right. week. That's right. Or I guess this week. Whatever um, week it is. Again, March 7,000 days long. 7 billion it was rumored so and then just unexpectedly came out and dropped on us kind of like how you drop in it call of duty warzone it is a free to play battle royale game mm-hmm. and it's kind of weird how you kind of basically play this game so let me explain for those okay. of you on pc you basically have the battle.net launcher and you download Call of Duty Modern Warfare. It is part of the basically the game. However, if you do not own Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I believe you still have to download all of it. You just can't play Call of Duty Modern Warfare multiplayer or single player. You can only play Warzone. <laughs> so if you ask me, Joel, that's crazy. How big is that file? <laughs> Over 100 gigs. These... <laughs> Crazy motherfuckers. <laughs> so, I also downloaded this on PS4. You may ask Joel why, because I also felt like sitting on the couch and fucking playing it. How big is it on <laughs> PS4? Over 100 gigs as oh well. And let me tell you, how many hours did that take? Like <laughs> nine. Jesus. <laughs> and yeah, it it's insane. So, this is one of the big problems with the way they do these downloads. You can't just choose to download Warzone or just the multiplayer or just a single player. You have to download the whole fucking thing. This is what I'm assuming. I'm not 100% sure on this, but this, these are the complaints I've heard on many other podcasts and on the internet. But anyways, let's talk about the game. As you know, last year, Black Ops 4, there was Blackout or Call of Duty that Blackout. That was two years ago. That was two years ago. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. Um, so Battle Royale game. It was pretty cool. It was basically just like a very polished version of um, PUBG, which is what everybody compared it to. It kind of didn't really have any real new ideas. It just had like Call of Duty stuff in a battle royale, which was cool. It was fine. I liked it. I know you liked it. You kind of played it a little bit. It was was all right. It was right for what it was, but you were paying 60 bucks to play Call of Duty single or not even single player. You're playing Call of Duty multiplayer and a battle royale. So that's what you had. Um, What's really cool about this is it's free to play. 
So if you are a person that doesn't own Modern Warfare, you can still play this. And I really like what they did with this Battle Royale. Now, obviously there's a shit ton of Battle Royales already. And so coming up with original ideas is already kind of hard. But I like what they did with how you kind of play this game. You start out with guns already. So you're not like dropping in and having nothing guns. You drop in with like a standard pistol or whatever. And you basically just start. And it's like, I so far it's been a group of three people. Um, I haven't really looked to see if there's any other groups. But I just kind of jumped in a few matches. And you drop in. You don't drop in like Apex. You're not like tied to everybody. You just drop in and you hope. Like, you pay attention and like, oh, that dude dropped. So you drop in like you do in every Battle Royale. Mm -hmm. And so your goal is to basically find these loot box not loot boxes, you find these boxes that have different types of guns in them, and they're all different, like, tiers of, like, not, I guess, rarity, but maybe, like, good or bad or whatever. Okay. And so you basically gear up that way. You can find grenades. You can find, like, different attachments, stuff like that. And then you're finding cash as well. So throughout the game, you're finding cash. And with your cash, you can find these buy stations. And so the buy stations have different air like airstrikes or kill streaks or whatever that you're buying. You can actually buy your custom loadout, which as you kind of play the game, kind of like how you do in multiplayer, you customize or you create a custom loadout with your favorite gun, your favorite kill streak, all that stuff. And you can drop it into the Battle Royale match and pick it up and basically equip it. Which is kind of cool for Call of Duty because that's something only Call of Duty has and can do. So, like, if I have, if, like, if I play multiplayer and I have my favorite loadout, I can drop that shit in in a Battle Royale match and suddenly wreck fools with it if that's how I do it. Hmm. If I still suck with it, then that's my own shit. But. <laughs> it's cool because you've got vehicles that you can drive around you've got um you've got buildings you can go into and you've got the circle thing which kind of closes in just like everything you've got contracts that you can basically like fulfill and earn extra cash and let's say one of your teammate dies you can revive or they're down you can revive them that way or if they die this is what's weird so if your enemy dies after they're downed they go into this thing called the, I think it's called the Grulog. No, it's the Gulag, <laughs> like the Russian whatever, whatever. Yeah, okay. So you know what it is. So have you heard of this thing? Yeah, so I w understand it's like everyone's locked in some kind of cage thing. And then yeah. there's a one-on-one -on -one duel <laughs> to see who gets <laughs> out, which is thing. so cool. <laughs> it's cool, but like... It, it's funny. It's just like, so if you die, obviously you have to hope that your team will buy your respawn. Or if you win, you get to drop into the match again, which is awesome. So, like, the it just has some neat ideas. I think it's, I think so far it's pretty cool. I can't wait for them to refine it more and make it better. Mm -hmm. There's another game mode, which so far early on, it's kind of not great. But I think if they kind of evolve it a little bit more and maybe punish players who quit too early, make it a little bit better. It's called plunder. And so it's basically the same idea. It's a battle Royale match, but the whole point of the game is to try to get your team to a million dollars by finding cash. And then you kind of do a little bit of a war zone 
or dark zone thing where you call in a helicopter you strap the cash to it and it lifts it off okay so while it's doing that you have to guard the plane and that area you have to wait for it to the helicopter to come in pick up the money and then lift off basically and every time you die you drop some of your cash so i think the main problem with that is like it can take forever if you're everyone's just constantly dying and other people are picking up cash it's just like it's never gonna end so that's the only kind of problem with that and so i probably played maybe like 10 matches and i think it's pretty enjoyable it 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 has it has some lag issues it has some i guess problems with like loading textures even on ps4 that could be my internet connection that could be my slow system it happened on pc for me as well and it ran fine on pc like i didn't really have any problems with it but um it, it could have just been you know it's like the first week that it's out it's having some technical difficulties here and there overall i think it's enjoyable i think it's I think it's a great competitor to Apex and Fortnite, and I think it's actually killing in numbers. Like, I think it's it's got better first day and second day numbers than any of the battle royales so far, because it's Call of Duty and it's that name alone just like drives it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I think people should try it if they're if they haven't already, which it sounds like a lot of people have tried it. <laughs> I, yeah. I was very surprised. It very doesn't. Surprised by it, it doesn't need us to uh, advertise. It, really does not i was gonna play it and then it was the same day ori kind of happened so yeah. i just didn't do it I, I think if you liked blackout it's very different um but okay. it's also it, it does still have that call of duty feel to it which i really like well maybe within the next couple of weeks assuming we can still play games uh <laughs> we'll uh link up and I'll, I'll play with you that i'll do that Okay. Yeah. Well, I got it on PC and uh, PS4. Well, it's so. crossplay, right? Oh, and it is crossplay, everybody. But you can play yeah. with your friends. It's Unless Xbox Live is down. Which seems to have happened quite a bit <laughs> recently. Seems to be happening a lot, but yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, Ben, tell me about Half Life 2. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, uh, we've talked about this previously. I was trying to play through Half Life 2 and all the episodes before Alex comes out in. I don't know. I, I don't know how time works. A week and a half? Who knows? Yeah. Something like that. And so I had to buckle down because at first I was thinking, oh, I got plenty of time. So I went and I played Bloodborne and played all this other shit and realized, oh, I don't have I don't have time anymore. I got to play through Half-Life 2. Uh, so I was at Ravenholm. I finished Half-Life 2. Oh, Ravenholm. And that game's still incredible. Uh, still so good still one of the best games ever made pound for pound like every this is a game that as you're playing through it because it'd been like four years or so since i had played it last oh i forgot about this section this section's awesome too and this one's awesome and this one's awesome and this one's awesome it it'll do these things like it has ravenholm and then it has the one part where you're on the uh like four by four and you're shooting the ant lines there and like going from place to place on the and stopping and what's in this house? Oh my gosh! And then you go back in the four by four, and there's the bridge section. And I love then, the bridge section. Well, dude, the bridge iconic. And then it reminds me of Goldeneye because didn't Goldeneye have you're walking on scaffolding at the end? It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> and then after that section, it all I don't know why it just always reminds me of Goldeneye. 
after that section is the antlions where you can't touch the sand or they pop out and then it gives you the ability to control the antlions and now you're throwing them in these large outdoor environments using them to attack the combine and oh then it's, man i love i love that part. and then it's indoor in that prison and you're still using the antlions to fight them inside and it just keeps doing thing after thing better and better and better uh there's a whole part that i'd forgotten where you have kind of a squad of ai teammates with you that are fighting the the combine and there's the end it's such an incredible game so damn good uh and then I went and I played Half-Life 2 Episode 1, which is, uh, I think no one is a huge fan of Episode 1. <laughs> and There's many reasons for this. I think one of the reasons is you can, you can beat it without firing a single, uh, like firing one bullet. There's only one bullet you need to fire in Episode 1, and... That doesn't sound like a problem, but the whole thing is kind of designed around just use the gravity gun because they oh. just they just litter it there. And first of all, the first hour is is kind of boring. Story wise, it's great, but it's just boring. You don't really fight anything. You're just kind of walking and waiting for Alex to open doors for you. And then there's a survival horror section that's very dark and you're babysitting the flashlight meter for like a good hour. Just a good hour of like, it's dark here, it's dark here, it's dark here. Oh, the flashlight ran out. All right, wait a second. All right, now you have a flashlight. And it just goes on forever. And this, this DLC is only three hours long. Like, it's not a lot of content. And like I said, story-wise, it's excellent. But what you're doing for half of it is just not good. It, it, yeah. is, it is a 7 out of 10. Um. At, at best now the last half of it i do think is really cool and it kind of it picks up a lot but you cannot get over the fact that you spent an hour and a half just not having fun and and babysitting a flashlight uh hmm. but the end the end of it is really cool you're kind of in the city streets and then you go into this hospital environment that that i think is is fun but again, it's it just the something about the way it's designed, the way it gives weapons out, is something's really off about it. it doesn't feel quite right. Um, and this is something I remember Episode Two doing a lot better. Episode Two is just as good as Half Life Two, if not better in some ways. And I'm very excited to to go right into Episode Two. It's unfortunate you have to play Episode One because of the story. Like it's a continuation of the story so you can't miss any of that and the story part of episode one is great but i don't know if i really recommend the game of it which is weird yeah but almost there i want to i want to beat episode two be super ready for alex and uh and animal crossing <laughs> very excited we're so close to animal crossing i'm so excited very 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 very, very close all right. all right what are you else up to what <laughs> So, tell me happened. <laughs> so I'm excited because last week we talked about Shadow of the Colossus and how I never got past, like I got past the first Colossus mm -hmm. and then just would usually quit. Quitter. So I had 
I have just as recent, most recently, downed the twelfth colossus. Whoa, twelfth colossus. Whoa, there aren't there only God. like thirteen? There's sixteen, 16? sir. I don't remember. Sixteen, and I did not know there was sixteen. I thought there was maybe like nine, and so when I found out there's sixteen, I was, I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> there's a lot. But damn, this game. Oh my god. I think this was the perfect time. This was the perfect version of this game to work for me. Okay. And the thing that has impressed me the most with it is it has impressed me on the PS4 and it has made me like think about how did this work on the PS2? Because some of the mechanics in this game and some of like the battles in this game and the things that you have to do to take down some of the colossus like her colossi like i'm just thinking i'm like how did this work on a ps2 i don't understand that thing barely the like it's i i like that it's just basically colossi or colossus after colossus after colossus and i love that after you basically take one down it just takes you right back to the temple and then it's like your next dude is this guy and then it's like all right let me shine this sword that's where i'm going next let's go um you know you find like the little the lizards along the way you look for the fruit in the tree you do the thing and then it's let's take on this motherfucker and these battles are epic they're fun the feeling of like climbing on these things and like stabbing it in the magic the magic emblem on it's like shoulder or its face or its chest or whatever like one of my favorite ones to fight so far was the uh the one in the water that you have to like you have to wait for it to basically climb on this little pillar thing and then you run and jump onto its chest and then stab it in the chest (laughs) like there there are some cool moments in this game and i i'd say like if this if it wasn't for like ori this would be so far my favorite game that I've played this year. <laughs> like this game has been insanely fun to play. Like I love it. Like it's it's probably going to end up being in my like top 25 of all time. It's like I have enjoyed it that much. It's crazy. Well, one day we'll have to do a top 25 games of all time cuz this has been such like such a crazy game to come out of nowhere for me. Wow. We can totally do that. I'll I'll try and replace out of the classes cuz it has been a long time. All right, we're our my internet keeps dying on me. So what we're gonna do now, now that we've finished talking about all Got the it. games, talking about all the news, Ben, I think it's time for us to get out of here. Before I think it's the coronavirus coming for our internet. So we're gonna go ahead mm-hmm. and end this. That's gonna do it for I've us this week recording. on this lovely little podcast. Mess. Thanks again for listening. And of course, if you want to reach out to us, you can find us over at thegamefanatics.com or finalcheckpointpod at gmail.com, as well as tweet. Me at the Jolness, hashtag final checkpoint. We will catch you next week. Goodbye and watch those filthy, disgusting hands and stay inside your freaking houses. Stop touching your face, which is something I do apparently all the time. Didn't realize it. I, yeah, I don't even realize when I do it either. Anyways, play Ori. Play Ori. Play everybody. Ori and uh, get better internet. That's my, yeah. what you got to do. I've tried. Oh, God. There's nothing I can do. I live in Idaho. I'm sorry. It runs on potatoes. <laughs> You're not long. Wrong. Long? Anyway. Uh. You're not long for this world. Anyways, everybody take care. Be safe. Stay away from the crowds. 
Don't listen to the news. Listen to your heart and use the heart of the cards just like Yu-Gi-Oh did. And that's why he's still alive. Bye. Bye.